Well, hello, friends. Welcome to Friday, and I hope you've had a happy week. I hope this has been a joyful week for you as you've been preparing for Christmas. And can I say, this will be my last time to say it before Christmas, Merry Christmas. I hope that you have a great couple of days. And I hope you will celebrate with us at Emmanuel, and I hope that you will invite all of your friends and neighbors to do the same. Because there's not a lot of churches in New England that are going to preach a pure gospel this weekend. But I can promise you that the gospel in all of its purity will be preached twice this weekend. And I hope you'll come celebrate with us. So we have basically the same service. I'm gonna preach different messages, but our Christmas Eve service is Saturday, December 24th, this uh, tomorrow, uh, at 5 p.m. And then Christmas morning, one service, all together at uh, 10 a.m. And we won't be long on either service. We'll be focused, but we will celebrate Jesus and we will preach the gospel and teach people how to know him as Savior. And if you know him as Savior, I promise you there'll be something important for you in each of these messages. So reach out today because somebody you know is looking for a church to attend on Christmas. Um, and, uh, and why not bring them to a place where they'll hear the clear, pure, simple, wonderful gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, we wrap up our week in Psalm 68, and we're not going to finish the psalm today, but I would like to just dive into four verses. We, we did a flyby of 22 to 31. This is a, this is a thick, this is a dense psalm. It's very uh, ancient Israelite-ish. Um, it's very bloody. It's very conquering-ish. It's about a Messiah reigning forever. But here's the beauty of this. We get to see it from the 21st century view looking back. We get a much fuller view than David had. In David's, uh, he couldn't have never imagined um, how far reaching and how comprehensive God's ultimate plan would be. Maybe we can't either, but we can see it in a far uh, wider view than David could have. But, but so the beauty for us is we get to take all of these ancient Jewish geographical and metaphorical poetic concepts and bring them forward in, into 3D color, into reality, and see what they, in a fuller view, what they, what they really mean. So I want to read four verses and then just give you a quick application and send you in your Christmas weekend. The Lord said, I, I will bring again from Bashan. I will bring my people again from the depths of the sea. So first, God's saying, I'm going to bring them home from exile. That's from Bashan. I'm going to bring my people out of the hands of their enemies. I'm going to rescue. I'm going to redeem. I will bring my people again from the depths of the sea. I will resurrect them. I will bring life from death. Verse 23, that thy foot may be dipped in the blood of thine enemies and the tongue of thy dogs in the same. The victory will be so great uh, and so final that, uh, and I think there's, there's, there's literal sense here where Israel did tread through the blood of their enemies in many victories. Huge enemies that seemed like unconquerable, uh, indomitable, and God flattened those enemies. And, and before they knew it, these weak, common, everyday Israelites were walking through the blood of their enemies through no, um, through no strength of their own. It's amazing. But the sense of it is that God makes the victory so final that, um, that his people will journey home through the blood, through the loss of their ultimate enemies. And that's true for you and me. Think, think of it this way. How beautiful would it be for you if you could walk to your eternal home uh, through, through the devil's blood, 
I mean, it's so final. The picture there is so, uh, so categorical and so joyful. Verse 24, they have seen thy goings. Now, this word goings, procession, walking, traveling, uh, it's doings on a journey, okay? So the people that God brings from these places and through this bloody journey, this triumphant, victorious journey, see they're following him. They're walking behind him. They see what he's done. They haven't brought the victory. They've just viewed it. They've watched it. They've seen it. And they're on the journey with him. Okay. Isn't that a beautiful picture? They've seen thy goings, O God, even the goings of my God, my God, in the sanctuary. So they've found sanctuary with God in following God. And in that sanctuary, and and the word sanctuary isn't just a physical place. It's a... um, in, in David's vernacular, it would have referenced the, the tabernacle, and that tabernacle, the Ark of the Covenant, going before the nation um, when they conquered the Promised Land. That would have been kind of the image, people following, seeing. Now, we know the sense of sanctuary is that God is with us, and God is in us, and we find sanctuary in Him, and then we call the church building a sanctuary sometimes. What does that mean? We find sanctuary in this place. We find refuge. We find peace and safety with our God. So we, we come from a place of safety on a journey of safety, following God. He's the tip of the spear, clearing out the enemies. He's the breaker. We studied that in Micah. He's breaking up the enemies before us. He's treading the enemies before us. We're following behind him, dipping our feet in the blood of the victory he's bringing. See the picture of the gospel? Um, and we're celebrating as we go in, in a sanctuary, in a safe place behind him, untouched by the battle. We're celebrating as we go, verse 25. The singers went before, the players on instruments followed after. Do you see God going before his people, bringing them to safety, resurrecting them from death, triumphing over their enemies, and the people behind him watching his work? That's gospel. He does all the work. I get all the benefits. I celebrate the victories. But the people behind him are not experiencing any kind of duress or anxiety. They're not having to fight for themselves. The battle is so complete, they're playing instruments and singing songs as they march behind him in the processional. Um, So the singers go before, the players on instruments followed after, among them were the damsels playing with timbrels. So it's a weird place to stop, but 22, 23, 24, 25. Those are the four verses I wanted to just camp on today because... Again, in these ancient conceptualized ways, they picture our journey into God's new creation. Here we are, people that have been brought out of the grip of our enemy, people that have been rescued from death. So we are, verse 22. We're we're following a God who's treading out enemies, the enemy of death and sin first, and ultimately his earthly enemies will be overcome. So we're watching his, verse 25, his goings. We're seeing him. We're seeing what he's already done in history. We're seeing what he's doing now in history, even though we wonder at times. But we're going to someday be following right behind him in this processional. And we, 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 we watch from a safe place as, as observers. We're spectators on God's victories. We're recipients and participants in the victory, in the, in, in the gospel of grace. But then we're spectators And we're worshipers, we're singers, we're players, and we're going on behind our Savior on this pilgrimage from here to eternity 
and we're serving him and we're worshiping him and we're celebrating him. So the picture is one of ultimate victory, ultimate celebration, ultimate safety, and ultimate joy. And it is a beautiful image to take into the weekend of Christmas. Um, a messianic psalm of epic proportions. We paused at verse 25. We'll pick it up on Monday at verse 26. Merry Christmas to you and yours. Thank you for your friendship. Thanks for letting me speak into your life on Enough for Today. See you Monday.